Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 630 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains. And welcome to our Rookie Showcase Preview. We've got lines, we've got info, and there's a lot of intrigue surrounding a few players. And Ross, we got some PTOs for the Ottawa Senators, a familiar face and someone with ties to coach DJ Smith. All that and more on a busy Thursday edition of the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Thursday, September 15th. We are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube, where the best way you can help the show grow is to please just like every video. Super easy, takes two seconds. Just click the thumbs up below and please subscribe to the Locked On Senators channel. The goal is 4,000 subscribers by the start of hockey season. But Pilsy, with all the news coming left and right, it really feels like hockey season is already here. Yeah, like everything is kind of dwindling down. We're getting closer. The rookie tournament is right up ahead. Going to start tomorrow. We got lines. And hey, if you want hockey season to start, you better grab a hold of some tickets to the home <laughs> opener. And uh, oh boy, this, wow. has, this has really turned into something we did not expect, Ross. First... If you even think about buying tickets at the LOSP discounted rate and turning around to sell them on resale, shame on I'm go- I'm going to find you. Yeah. I'm going to find you. I'm going to go to Fivo, which is the um, software they're using. And I'm going to try to get your info. So don't do it. But we have sold. Yeah, not cool. There's only like 10 of the tickets up, which if we were talking about our April game would have been what? not a math guy, about 8% of total tickets. We've sold 500 (laughs) tickets to the home opener. 500. Every time that Devin, who's been awesome to deal with with the Senators, every time that he puts in another 200, he goes, all right, enjoy. Boom, they're gone. In minutes, our longest stretch, 10 minutes. Unbelievable. It really shows the passion is here for the Ottawa Senators. It's a great deal as well. Under $30. All in to go see Sens Bruins get rowdy in the 300s. Let's go. Cannot wait for that. We're in section 320. It's sold out there. But what we're doing now is we're just getting anywhere in the 300s available. Let's get Send Central citizens all over the barn. And what they're doing is full rows typically. So even if you're uh, an individual who wants to come to the game by yourself, you're never alone. It's almost like the Liverpool statement. You never walk alone. Not at the CTC. So if you're if you're um, a bit hesitant to come, if you're like, oh, I don't have anyone to go with, no. Let's go. Let's enjoy it. The vibes are immaculate heading into the season, and we cannot wait to see everyone there. Pilsy, my question to you, and we're going to have a full preview of the rookie tournament coming up later in the show. We're going to talk about, well, I'm singling out one line up front. You're singling out a defensive pair as guys to watch. We also have 
line combinations. The Sens rookies just finished skating at the Bell Sensplex this morning. So we'll get those line combos. We nailed two out of four. There's an absentee who I think will surprise some people. And Ridley Gregg's status still up in the air. All that coming up. But first, Pilsy, the news came out this morning that two players have been added on PTOs. My initial question was going to be, will either of them be in the opening night roster? I think that's unfair to start. Maybe I'll get to it. But Derek Brassard is back. Big game brass. He's back. And Michael Dal Cole, former fifth overall draft pick, yeah. Memorial Cup champ with DJ Smith. What was your first reaction when you see not only is it players coming in on PTOs, but both of them forwards? Yeah, I was very surprised both of them were forwards, especially after the Tyler Mott signing uh, just a few days ago, because it, it really seemed like that solidified the forward core. But the good thing with PTOs is it brings inner competition. And you don't want these guys, Parker Kelly, Mark Castle, like even Dylan uh, Gambrell, you don't want them to feel like, oh, nice, we got we got our spots, like we're, we're good. You want them to have to work for it. You want them to feel like they have to beat out other veterans. I mean, Derek Broussard is a veteran of a long time in the NHL. Sure, he's definitely on the decline of his career, but he's still getting in games and he's still putting up points uh, wherever he bounces around to. And then Dal Cole, that's a guy who probably has a chip on his shoulder. Like you mentioned, high, high draft pick. That's kind of split each season between the NHL and AHL. So he's trying to prove, hey, I can be a bottom six uh, permanent NHL guy. If, if not, I think uh, definitely he would look good in the AHL, but he's probably pushing for a little bit more here. So I think each of these guys brings a different thing to the table. Broussard's going to bring that veteran leadership uh, to the bottom six, which I think would definitely be a good thing. A little bit of uh, offensive touch more to uh, bottom six that's definitely focused on uh, defending more than offense other than guys like Matthew Joseph. So I think from that aspect, it's good. And then, yeah, Dal Cole, he's going to be pushing guys like Parker Kelly, um, uh, Mark Kaslik, although he's a, he's a center and Dal Cole's a winger, but just pushing those guys to say, hey, your spot's not as comfy as you might have thought. Yes, and Michael Dal Cole cleared waivers last year at the start of the season to go down to Bridgeport again. That's a, a big deal for a fifth overall pick to not even get claimed on waivers. Usually yeah. top 10 picks are like cats. They've got nine lives, at least in different <laughs> organizations. Didn't seem that way with Dal Cole. He's only been a member of the New York Islanders organization but now the 2014 draft pick is is what 25 26 years old he's reaching that point where are you going to ever establish yourself as an NHLer or are you just going to be a top six AHLer and the numbers compute that as like as an AHLer I think it was uh Jacob Stoller who's uh who's a Winnipeg guy but really covers the AHL well for full press hockey he was saying that he's like a pretty average top line AHLer right now Yep. But when guys need waivers, it becomes a little more different. You're in that kind of mix. Like, do, do you still consider yourself a prospect? No, he's 26 years old now. But can he be uh, an energy-type player that brings some skill? DJ saw the best of him. The year under yep. DJ Smith, he had 93 points in 56 games in the OHL with Oshawa and 31 points in 21 games en route to that Memorial Cup championship with the General. So, Obviously, it's a little bit different, I'd say, than uh, the Guy Boucher. Pick your pick your vet, pick your favorite guy, the Nate Thompsons of the world, the Tom Pyatt's. And, I mean, we'd be here all day if we were listing all the guys who played under Guy Boucher, who came back, Cedric Paquette, 
uh, or no, not Paquette. Sorry, I always mix him up. Gabriel Dumont was the, the name I wanted to say that we talked about that other citizen uh, the other day with Damien. But um, no, bring him back to, to Dal Cole. It's a little bit different because you're not guaranteeing this guy anything. It's a PTO, yep. but it's it's an intriguing one. I don't see him as a step up from Jace Howerlick, though, let alone yeah. Tyler Mott. Yeah, and the thing to remember, too, is Pierre Dorian made it very clear. We're not just bringing guys in on PTOs just just for the hell of it, right? Like, we're we're only going to bring in guys we consider will have a legitimate chance to yeah. fight for a contract and be a part of this NHL roster. So, obviously, there's something that um, Dorian sees in both of these players. There's value in different ways uh, for, for each guy. But I was surprised that there hasn't been a defenseman brought in on a PTO. Now... The defenseman market and who's still available is very thin. And maybe there's there's no one that's like really popping out to you that you're saying, all right, this guy could be brought in and seriously contend for a contract. But in my eyes, the forward core, especially after Mott was brought in, was pretty set. So to bring in two more guys for more competition seems like quite a lot. But it's it's it, there's no risk, right? That that's the beauty of it. There's no risk here, and you get to see a showing of what these guys have. And if you like them, you get them for free at a very low cost. Michael Dalcole has played 112 NHL games. He has eight goals and 21 points over the course of five seasons. So he'll be in. He's a left shot, six foot three, 200 pound winger, but can play left wing or right wing. But Pilsy, Derek Brassard, does this mean the sense of one? The Mika Zibanejad trade, I guess not, because Mika's still in New York. Obviously, I say that. <laughs> Anyways, but have you seen somebody move around as much as Derek Broussard has over the last couple of years? I mean, good on him for finding ways to, to stick in the National Hockey League, but get this as a stat. Since leaving the Ottawa Senators, which was, I believe, the first real trade yes. in the rebuild, where they it sent was. Derek Broussard to Pittsburgh in exchange for the ghost of Ian Cole, Philip Gustafson, and a first-round pick that became Jacob Bernard Docker. Derek Broussard has played on nine different NHL teams. and or Sorry, nine teams in eight organizations. His longest stop, the irony, because Dal Cole played for Long Island his whole career, was with the Islanders, 66 games. Was the most he's played in one stop since leaving Ottawa. I think if there's one thing I will give credit to Pierre Dorian and the Ottawa Senators in those early years, it's I feel like they did a really good job of identifying when to let guys go. And it was hard. Like guys like Broussard, guys like Turris, uh, guys like Duchesne, guys like uh, Pajot. Well, Duchesne's like, bounced back, but everyone else. Everyone but else Duchesne, when he left. Right. It was not looking great and he was not living up to that contract. You know what I mean? So they yep. were able to identify, hey – these guys are going to get more on the market. Uh, other teams are going to be willing to give them big contracts. We don't think it's quite worth it. We don't think it's going to pay off in the long run. And that's worked out because Broussard, like almost the second he left Ottawa, had been in kind of a steady decline and went from, you know, a middle a middle six uh, guy that can play second, third line minutes to just barely scraping by as a bottom six guy and bouncing around from team to team. However, I still think there's a bit of gas in the tank. and I, And I think... More likely than not, Broussard's role will be as a veteran guy, kind of helping yeah. these younger guys in the bottom six. To, to answer your, your previous question, do I think either of these guys will be in the roster opening night? I'd probably say no, to, to be yeah. honest. Like, I don't see 
I don't see them beating out uh, a guy like Tyler Mott. I don't see them beating out uh, a guy like Dylan Gambrell, who DJ Smith has a lot of trust in. I don't what see about- them beating out Parker Kelly, who is right. a guy that is hungry and grinds. And again, DJ Smith has a lot of trust in. Like That's the thing. I think they're going up against guys that DJ Smith already has a relationship with, already knows, and already loves. Like he loves his bottom six guys. Like no one's be- like you're not taking Austin Watson's spot, right? So where where do these guys fit in? I'm not exactly sure. But with injuries and when you have a team that actually is gearing up to play in meaningful games, you want to have some insurance policies in your back pocket. Everybody was so quick to make the joke, ha ha, the 2017 Sens. They all were so quickly dismantled. Well, not anymore. We got one back. Derek Broussard, at least for a couple weeks at training camp, is back in the mix with the Ottawa Senators. Everyone can recall his magical moment finishing off that play from Eric Carlson in Game 2 against Boston when they had the mix-up where Andy came out to play the puck. Brass wasn't quick enough getting back. Carlson gave it to him on the bench. And then really gave it to him for a tap-in backdoor past Tuka Rass. There's an awesome photo where Broussard's uh, popping the logo out in uh, doing the three-star performance of that. Big game Brass. He certainly yep. is. Um, and he, he played all 18 games in the playoffs with the Islanders in the bubble. Had eight points in 18 games as a depth piece. Remember, it was him and Pajot down the middle. I felt like I was watching the Sens all over again. That was but- great for our Sens abroad. Yes, that was at the height of the Sens abroad. So since leaving Ottawa, it was actually eight organizations, but I'm counting Ottawa again. So I don't know. There's probably a little bit of a a faux pas there, but Pittsburgh for a year and a half or not even. He played for three teams in one year. So he went Pittsburgh to Florida, to Colorado, to the Islanders, to the Coyotes, to the Flyers, to the Oilers. (laughs) What a journey. This guy's guy's basement's going to be full of jerseys of teams that he's played for, eh? Ross, I'll I'll throw the old positive spin zone out there. Just means more teams wanted him. Hey, and get this. So he went from playing um he went from playing on the island, we said with Pajot. Then he went and played with Nate Thompson in Philly. Then he went and played with Kyle Turris in Edmonton. So he's just latching on to old teammates, and we'll see if he can latch on to this Ottawa Senators team. My money is on no, but it will still be good, if for nothing else, to give the Norrises and Stutzels maybe an extra game off in the preseason. I- how about we we change the question this, this way? Which of the two do you think has a better chance to stick around? I'll say Dal Cole just because I think it's more likely that he gets a two-way deal, clears waivers, and they're like, hey, you'll be the first call-up type thing if we need like a short stint type guy. But the brass storyline, it's nice. But I think his time here is come and gone. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. Part of me wants to say brass just because that's a guy you can toss in your press box and not not feel bad about it, right? Like he's coming in on a PTO at the end of his career that's dwindling down. And I think he'd be a good locker room uh, veteran guy. But yeah, Dal Cole, two-way. And uh, yeah, if he gets added to that Belleville roster, obviously not what he's hoping for, but that's, that's big. That's big yeah. for a Belleville team that's looking to make uh, some real noise this season. And win a playoff game for the first time? In franchise history, Pilsy, there was a player once upon a time who earned a contract off a PTO for the Ottawa Senators, and I don't know if he was waiting for this move, but he's decided to sign elsewhere. I'll let you know where and who, because I can tell you don't know, right after you have a quick word from one of our favorite sponsors. Well, Ross, if you could give me the odds on that, that would be really interesting. But if you want odds on everything else, all sports included, especially hockey, 
you got to head to the trusted online sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's betonline.net. Now, Look, we're getting excited for hockey season here, but it's not just hockey that they take care of. They got football, baseball, basketball is on its way, Ho- uh, golf, UFC, boxing, whatever you want, you can get it at betonline.net. They're the number one spot for all your stats, scores, updates, news, and podcasts this season. So go to the website today, betonline.net, or check it out on your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. It's betonline.net, where the game starts. All right, Pilsy, it is the day before the rookie tournament as we're recording on September 15th. Quick programming note, this will be our final episode this week. However, because the timing was just so strange, the game starts at 3.30 tomorrow against the Boston Bruins. Then the Senators play at noon on Sunday against Montreal. And then they play again on the afternoon of Monday September 19th. We still haven't decided. What I believe we're going to do is put out an episode early Monday morning, or at least record early Monday morning. We'll peel the curtain back, and then we'll recap the first two games, see how they go. We will get into who might not only play more than one game, and then we'll recap the entire tournament with that Buffalo game included on the Tuesday. And then just like that, poof, Hockey's back. Senators training camp opens on Wednesday, and that means the Locked On Senators podcast will be back, 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 back five days a week. Pilsy, guess who just signed in the KHL? Tyler Ennis. Yeah. With Ufa. Yeah. Do you I think don't he was waiting? That team. <laughs> do, you, do you think he was? Do you think he was waiting? Because I mean, the timing is pretty peculiar. Sends bring in Mott yesterday. Two more forwards on PTOs today. Do you think Enzo's like, I thought I was the best to lace him up. Where's mine? I, I honestly do think he was probably waiting. And uh, Pierre Dorian kind of said there's still an option that Tyler Ennis may be brought back on a PTO. Look, I like Tyler Ennis. I think uh, for the role that he had to play when he was in Ottawa, he, he did a good job of it. But again, if he was brought in on a PTO, who's he beating out for jobs here? Right. I, this, isn't your, this isn't your older brother's Ottawa Senators, Pilsy. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not that type of Ottawa centers. And look, he already came and uh, left and came back. So we had our time with Tyler Ennis. It, it was good. Now it's Broussard's turn to do the same. Exactly. Yeah. So good. <laughs> honestly, good luck to Tyler Ennis in the KHL. I actually think he could thrive over there. Like uh, the he's thirty-five years old. Like he's not getting any younger. That's where it's kind of like, yeah, it's it's time to say goodbye. Now Broussard's thirty-four, so am I kind of <laughs> talking myself into a circle? But I did just say he's probably not going to make the team anyways. Yeah. So good on Enzo getting getting that bag. He's probably probably got a decent deal over there. So yeah, I'd say so. Good on him. He he did well with Ottawa. I yeah. always have a soft spot for Tyler Ennis. He was the one who put up a hat trick on Eric Aaron Dell that night. Somebody had to do it, and it was. Tyler Ennis. We got to get that going for, for the K train one day. Just the, the tie. It's so good. Um, all right. Rookie tournament. Let's get into it. Uh, the Ottawa Senators practice this morning and we've got official lines. I think the most notable was who wasn't in line rushes. Roby Jarventy was in practice, but didn't skate on one of the first four lines. Neither did Ridley Gregg. Ridley Gregg has been quoted by coach Troy Mann in Ian Mendez's latest with the athletic that he is 50-50 to play any games this weekend, but he was skating with all of his teammates today. Same with, with Jarvanty. What do you think the odds are that we'll see Jarvanty this weekend? Do you think it's a case where it's like, 
all right, you've already played a year and a half in Belleville. Like, do you really need this? Or would you like to see him get some action? I think for him, it, you don't need to see him get the action. It's not like guys like uh, Pinto and, and Boucher and Crooker where they've missed a lot of time or haven't had consistent seasons. So I think if, if you're leaving Yarventi out, that's that's not the end of the world there. Now, as far as really Greg goes, if they're saying it's 50-50, don't take the risk. Yeah. I mean, we, we've we seen what he can do. and uh, this Save him gonna... for Winnipeg. I need round two of what we saw from him last year, maybe without the suspension. Well, good good luck uh, t- taking that out of Ridley <laughs> Gregg's game. But uh, I think you just save him because this is going to be a big year for Ridley Gregg transitioning into professional hockey. So I don't think you, you make any risks putting him in in the rookie tournament here. 100%. So the lines are set. No Jarvanty in the lines. No Gregg. So that threw a wrench in what our second line was. That's two-thirds of our second line. Verbal meme. Carson Latimer standing around being like, Will Smith looking in French for Sabella, where where'd everyone go? But he slides down to what we'll we'll call the third line. They didn't line the or number the lines. Um, if I could speak English, that'd be great. So our third line actually moved up to second. So we nailed the top two lines. The Sens are gonna roll out. Pilsy, why don't you uh, why don't you run through this for us? All right, so the top line, as uh, Ross correctly predicted, Victor Lodine with Shane Pinto and Tyler Boucher. What a top Tyler line. Tyler Boucher. There we nice. go. Nice. <laughs> and then our boy Crooker with Zach Stapchuk and Kyle McDonald. Then we've got Newcomb, Daus, and the mayor, Carson Latimer. <laughs> and then uh, the bottom line, I'm probably we'll just call this. Your... We'll, we'll call this the ATO line. Uh, yeah. Three guys who are battling it out. But Vlad is is the guy I mentioned in, in Tuesday's show where I was like, dude, guy scored 35 goals last year with Kitchener. And then Zachary Lavoie was a former sixth overall pick or seventh overall pick, I believe, into the OHL and certainly came on strong last year with Mississauga. He and, and Kyle McDonald, for me, are the two guys on tryouts who could legitimately earn a contract. Rollins is an interesting guy, plays in the uh, Quebec League, six foot six centerman, but doesn't have a whole lot of production. So I'm intrigued to see that, but not as much, Pilsy, as I am to see that top D pair. Yeah, this is where it gets interesting. My guy, Thomas Hamara, and Jake Sanderson playing on the right side. Now, we did a little digging, Ross. Uh, we caught up with our old friend, Brad Schlossman. Uh, he writes for the Grand Forks Herald and covers Legend. the Nodak Sens uh, very closely. So we asked him, hey, do you recall Sanderson playing on the right side much? And he said, no, I can't think of a single time he did that. So this will be interesting for Sanderson. But referencing Ian Mendez's article again, uh, when he talked to Troy Mann about it, and he said, look, we don't have a lot of right shot defensemen. If anyone can do it, it's going to be Jake Sanderson. And when you're playing in games with no consequence, why not see what Sanderson can do on his offside? So I don't mind that. Then the second deep pair here, you got Jorian Donovan and Macans Gannett. And then Massacott and Ben Roger will uh, will round out the bottom pair there. And then the goalies, obviously, uh, Mad Sogard and Kevin Mandelese. The locked on crease. For yes. the Ottawa Sens rookies, couple beauties. I, we, I know we mentioned it to Mando, but next time we have them on, I want it to be together. I think that they would riff so well off each other, but two beauties and, and two guys who I think are going to do really well. To me, they're one and two in this entire tournament. And when you look at Buffalo not bringing Devin Levi, obviously he's already in college and no college kids are taking part. And then Uka Pekalukkanen is not here either. I'm, and nor is Eric Portillo. So like B- Buffalo has goalie prospects, 
none of them are coming. And then the Habs just don't really have any. And Boston, I think, has the worst prospect pool in the entire National Hockey League. But when you're competing the way they have over the last decade, it kind of makes sense. Now, again, they didn't list the line. So the final pair was Romeo and Xavier Bernard. Uh, so we're unsure. We'll see if they get in. Again, you mentioned, um, or we did, I guess, about Ridley Gregg maybe playing in one game or not. Um, it sounds like the same conversation will be had for both Jake Sanderson and Shane Pinto after the first game. So they're going to play on Friday and then they'll see like, is it, are you feeling good? Do you need some more time? Like just go through the paces, see what happens. Uh, I don't really care either way. I think it'd be good to give other guys an opportunity to move up the lineup and play big minutes. It does sound like Tyler Boucher is going to be their go-to guy in terms of like, they want to see what they have in Tyler. They want to see this off season that just sounds like it was so productive for him to, to really show on the ice. So if I have to highlight one guy and we'll get in right after the break to our key, key players to watch for uh, in this rookie tournament, but a little spoiler, I think that Tyler Boucher is certainly a guy to keep our eye out for, but overall, like what, what are you expecting for this weekend? Like, what is it to you about this tournament? You and I had boots on the ground. We were actually working the last tournament yeah. that they played in, in Belleville, and they dummied every team. Wasn't it like 7-1 against the Jets? Like 5 nothing against Montreal? Like It was Norris, Batherson, Brantstrom was unbelievable on that team. And yep. it, it was a lot of fun from where we were sitting. Like, are you expecting the same type of domination in this tournament? I wouldn't say the same type of domination, but I'd be shocked if they don't go 3-0, Ross. Like I mentioned, the goaltending is so huge here. And Ian Mendes did say, likely it's looking like Sogard's going to get one game, and then Mando uh, and the other goalie are going to kind of split games. Ross, as a goalie, I hate splitting games 50-50. I, I had to do that a lot as a house league goalie, so it's not about winning games. It's about having fun, uh, which is fine but as a goalie you can't get into your groove when you only get half the game and when you're looking up at that clock being like okay is it is my half done is my half yeah. done it's just weird and i know they're meaningless games but i'd prefer goalies just give them the net give them the crease for the game so they know they're there at least do two periods and then one so they can at least come out and get clean ice like going in and the ice is already cut up in your crease you're like what am i doing yeah, you're good. It's it's like going into someone else's cubicle at, at working in an office. Like they have their family pictures up, their they coffee have their cups there. Yeah, or or like for for goalies, like this goalie before me, he pushed all the snow towards the post. I don't like that snow there. You got to rearrange everything. Like yeah, I don't I don't like that. That's awesome. Uh, you can check out the rosters online for for Boston and Montreal and Buffalo. But have fun ex- googling <laughs> players' names. Yeah, get the DB page open, get yeah. the Elite Prospects page open, no question when it comes to that. All right, why don't we get into some players to watch right after a quick word from one of our favorite sponsors. All right, Pilsy, locked on Senators, real on ice action. Can you believe it? We have done, what, 150 episodes this offseason, way more on YouTube. And that's why say. if you're just listening to the show, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube right now. We're accumulating. We're, we're like, it's like gathering Pokemon, but we're gathering um, different segments. Gotta catch all, them all. All the Atlantic division hosts. And we might even branch out to get some of our other favorite locked on NHL hosts. I know that John Chick, we got to talk about Tyler oh, yeah. Mott with him. We got to get Seth Tupal on. We last oh, time we spoke to him, Philip Gustafson just got moved. 
to Minnesota. We got Camp Talby. You can go check out all our crossovers. We're going to make a playlist for all of our crossovers if you want to check out all the other great hosts. But we just recorded with Adam Denker of Locked On Lightning. We've already got in the bank Locked On Sabres, Locked On Red Wings, Locked On Panthers. Whole division preview coming exclusively on YouTube, so make sure you're subscribed. We've got the Behind the Blog series continuing this weekend. We have Ari from Silver 7 Sends and Sends Buzz coming on this weekend. And then we're going to try to wrap it up next weekend with Sends Chirp and Graham Nichols, two of the OGs in the Sends blogging community. So we're excited to finish that series. Ten episodes long, always available on YouTube. And then we'll get into our division previews. We're going to drop two a day for two weekends leading in to the regular season. Lots to get excited about in the NHL season coming up. But first, Pilsy, it's the rookie tournament. And as we see, there's some filler on there. There's some guys who we might never see wear a Senator's jersey again. But who are you locked on to? Oh, our locked on player. It's been a while since we've done this. Who are you locked on to going into this rookie tournament? I, I hope we're not doing our, our lookout players because I don't have a lot of lookout players here. But look out um, for Tyler Boucher. Choo choo. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to be looking at that top D pair. You, you guys know Thomas Samara is my guy from this past draft. And Jake Sanderson, although even if he only plays one game, it's appointment viewing Jake Sanderson hockey, right? Like you got to see what he's up to, especially when it's a different challenge for him being on his offside. So that's the pair that I'm going to be really focused on here because, and I think this is a great opportunity for Hamara to get to play with Jake Sanderson. Like, obviously it's not like he's playing with some NHL vet or anything, but a guy of Sanderson's caliber and and skill that can really kind of show Hamara the ropes of uh, playing North American hockey will definitely be a positive thing for for him here. So that's going to be the D pair I'm going to be looking at a lot here because they're going to be moving the puck up ice with ease. So with Jake Sanderson, what about moving to the right side? Do you think that'll change about his game? And could he even be more effective with that extra kind of space and getting the puck already towards the center of the ice? If he could be more effective uh, on the right side, I mean, holy crap, that'd be that'd be very impressive and incredible. And that would help out the Ottawa Senators a lot who are a little bit weaker on the right side. But I don't think that's the case. I, I just think it's it's going to be a new challenge for Jake Sanderson. I'm not expecting too much to change. I think it'll just be about him adjusting to how he's going to play the point on his offside, how, how he's going to, you know, when pucks come along the boards, when it's rung around the boards and he's got to stop that uh, more using his skates or his backhand, how's he going to work there? So it's going to be those little things. How's he going to make the D to D passes uh, when it, when it's a little off for him? It's just little challenges that you're going to see. Okay. We know what you can do when you're suited properly on the left side as left shot defenseman, but how can you handle this little kind of uh, wrench in the plans and how's that going to go? Cause you're expected to be kind of the leader on this team on the ice, especially. So leading by example is a great way to do that. And I think he's going to take this challenge head on, even though it's not much of a challenge in the rookie tournament, but it's something extra for Jake Sanderson to take on here. Certainly something to keep an eye on. And Jake just speaking to reporters right now saying, doesn't matter to him. He's cool with it. But what is he going to say? Yeah, I'm really nervous about playing my right side. So uh, excited to see him. Doesn't seem like he gets too nervous out there anyways. A very cerebral player. and We're excited to see Jake Sanderson excel at this tournament. The highest draft pick. Oh, no, he's not because Slavkovsky is going to be there. So uh, the highest Senators draft pick uh, who's going to be at this tournament in 
Buffalo because no Owen Power, uh, which is where my mind automatically went because those guys get compared all the time. Before we move off, Jake Sanderson, worth noting, elite prospects just put out their top 100 prospects. And get this, Owen Power 2, Simon Edmondson 3, Jake Sanderson 4. Who's three. one? Uh, one is, now you're putting me on the Beneers? spot here. But it might actually be Veneers, which would make sense. I actually yeah. don't. I, I wouldn't hate that. Um, but while we're uh, while we're figuring this out here, did you see that goal by Oliver Johansson yesterday? Oh, yeah. That was an absolute beauty. Yeah, the between the legs. Oh, he had that goal. He fooled. Matty Veneers won. Okay. Matty yeah. Veneers won. And then Mason McTavish at five. Shane Wright at six. Uh, worth noting, though, okay. Jake Sanderson, the only one on the top 100 prospects as an Ottawa Senator, but we know elite prospects maybe a little low on uh, Ridley Gregg. I'm not going to say that's an awful list, but what I will say is that maybe you should mix in Jake Sanderson. I don't even know if they consider Shane Pinto a prospect or not over there. But for me, obviously Shane Pinto is a guy to watch out for this rookie tournament, but because he's only going to be there for one game, potentially, I'm going to go with his two line mates. You have a pair, so I'm going to go with a pair. Victor Lodin and Tyler Boucher. I already spoke about how Tyler Boucher is a guy who's going to be put in all situations. I'd even like to see him on the penalty kill. Like I want him to feel mm-hmm. like he's going to feel in Ottawa or in the 67s organization this year as a guy who he's your go-to for everything, or he should be at least. Yep. So get him feeling that against guys who are a little bit higher caliber than what he's going to face in the OHL and just let him ride. Put him in front of the net as the bumper guy uh, on the power play. A guy can come out, use his great shot. Uh, I'm really excited to see, and hopefully he's able to stay involved physically but not go over the line in a tournament like this. And then Victor Lodine, we see the highlight reel skill. That's apparent. But where I think I want to see him improve, and uh, Troy Mann mentioned that his self-assessment was pretty spot on in uh, in his exit meeting, is that the pace and consistent effort level in shift in, shift out. Not that he's not trying, but the conditioning level and being at top speed at every single shift, playing as often as they do in the AHL. I want to see the result of what I'm hoping was an extremely productive summer for Victor Lodine because we don't know what's going on with Alex Formanton. If he doesn't sign, like Lodine could, could easily be that guy to move in on the third line and play with Pinto and Joseph to start the year. So why not get him involved with Pinto right away as a centerman? I'm hoping to see a little bit of chemistry between those two guys and hopefully have have some uh, some offense generated as well. I wouldn't be mad if we see a highlight reel pick, but that's not what I'm looking for uh, for Victor Lodine. I'm just looking for um, like strong forechecking. I want to see if guys are carrying the puck up. I want to see him hound pucks defensively, create turnovers, create some chaos, and then bring it the other way quickly because we know Pinto processes the game so fast. I need Lodine to, to, to keep up with him like that, but this is a huge opportunity. He's going to be one of the older guys in this tournament. Victor Lodine, and he should be top five in scoring, no question in my mind. Yeah, especially when he's put in a position to succeed, like he yeah. like he is playing with Pinto and Boucher. Yeah, I this I would say the main focus for the Ottawa Senators here is Tyler Boucher. Like that's that's the guy where it's like, okay, this is your opportunity to sh- to show us that. Like you mentioned, the offseason was good, and you're ready, and you can be put into any scenario, and you can handle big minutes because they. They put a lot of draft capital into him. So let's start seeing the fruits of that uh, that labor start to shine through. And no better spot to start than the rookie tournament here. 
Hundred uh, percent. Who's who's someone that you think maybe it's like a make or break for them? Is there anybody for you, or it's just another process in the entire evaluation? You know what? I'll I'll go a little off the board and someone we don't talk about a lot here. We got to see something from Ben Roger here. I mean, this yeah. talk about investing a lot in draft capital. He's a second round pick. I try to move on from dra- looking at the draft. I mean, like they could have had this guy, they could have had this guy, but it's very hard for me to do that. But I want Ben Roger to put my mind at ease. Then show me that hey, it, it doesn't. He doesn't have to be an NHL ready guy right now. Just yeah. show me that the the pieces are in place, the tools are being worked on, and show me a reason why he can be a guy that can grow into someone that could have garnered a second round uh, pick value here. Because yeah. we haven't exactly seen it so far. Not not that I've been scouring over Ben Roger tape, but just from the scouting reports and the stats and and what we've seen from him, it seems like there's a little bit uh, left to be had. You you want a little more from him. So that's the one guy I think this is going to be a big deal for him because just like Tyler Boucher, there's no reason why he can't be one of the top guys, like other than Hamara and Sanderson on the top pair. He's kind of the the top draft capital guy on that back end. I mean, he is. So Well, yeah, and when you look at Hamara, like Hamara's a third-round pick this year. Mm-hmm. Ben Rogers, a second round pick last year, shouldn't be a, he be ahead of him in his development curve? I know he lefty righty, and I'm not saying that the depth chart is where they are, but even like Hamar had more points in three preseason games than Ben Rogers had in the last like four months of last last year. Now, yeah, preseason, there's probably some 15 year old goalies he's going up against yeah. who uh, who might never play again in the OHL. But I, I'm with you on that one. I need to see at least like a calm demeanor. From Ben Roger, don't get beat on one-on-ones. Like, have strong pivots. Just play it simple, but, like, don't fumble the puck. Just, like, don't do anything where you're like, what? What's worse, though, Pilsy, when we're looking at that draft? Because you had you brought it up. You had to bring it up. What's worse? The fact I that tried they, not to. they traded back, and the guy you wanted when they still had it up was still available, and they still passed on Aturati. Or the fact that when they traded back, the team who traded up L.A., Took the guy that I wanted in Francisco Pinelli. I mean, they're they're both e- equally bad. Like both of us were like, good call trading back. We're still going to be able to get what? Like we're getting one of our guys trading back here. One of these guys is coming to the Sens, and uh, the only guy that we've ever gotten from the three years of doing the the draft. And I guess like we love Tim Stutzla, but to, we had him at at uh, at four on or sorry at four or three. We had no, him at three. three. We had him at three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it went that. Okay. No, so we got our guy there. But yeah. later on, beyond that, and I actually put in a wager that Jake Sanderson would be a top five pick, but we all wanted Lucas Raymond was was the guy for, for us there. But um, Tyler Boucher is the only guy that we've like ever had. And we're like, we love this. And it wasn't exactly where we had him. Uh, but we had a five-star guy. I'll stick with it. So I actually loved uh, Future Sickos. We had Derek Leon last week. They had Brady Kachuk on. They posted on social. You should check it out, Future Sickos. Just a word, because Brady went through it about being like the wrong pick type thing. <laughs> Old takes exposed. <laughs> um, but, but he had a really great line about like how Tyler Boucher is treated. And also, yep. they're going to need him going forward. I, I love that from the captain. So just want to give a shout out there. But this is a big tournament for Tyler Boucher as well. But you're right. Ben Roger, need to see something out of him. Like, at some point, it's just like, all right, like, when do we, you know. But, uh, no, all to say, um, one guy we haven't really mentioned much. We we already talked about Crooker on, on various episodes. But 
Zach Ostapchuk, I think, is the last guy that I want to mention here. Is like, if he's continuing this trajectory that he started in the second half of last season, continued into an unbelievable playoffs for Vancouver and uh, a solid. Like, he was good, but he wasn't like he was the best player on Team Canada, the World Juniors, but he was good. I mean, it's Team Canada, so. Yeah. Uh, his one goal was to make it 11 1 against Slovakia. But he played his role. He played his role well. I just don't want to get ahead of myself and, and overhype him, but. He was good, and and I I know me yeah <laughs> okay, but uh, I think with Ridley Gregg out for at least the start of the tournament, and who knows if he plays, I think that that's a huge opportunity for Ostapchuk yep. to come in and be like, hey, look at me, and especially with Troy Mann there, like Troy is already pretty high on him. Like if he could go in and impress the coach, this is a guy who could turn pro right after his season in the WHL, and maybe yeah. get some valuable minutes down the stretch. That's where I was gonna say I don't have as much kind of pressure and hopes for a stat check here because it's NHL or CHL. There's no yep. AHL option, which it, he's well, ready until the for end the of AHL the until the end of the year. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, coming out of camp. So, and, and Troy Mann even said it, he said the same thing about Ridley Gregg last year. Each team should kind of get one guy that they can have exempt from that uh, NHL yep. CHL contract. Uh, Pierre wouldn't bite on that one. Eh, when we had him on last week. Yeah, well, because there's nothing they can say, right? It's yeah. frustrating. So yep. um, that's why I don't have as much pressure on a stab chuck here. But yes, he he is a guy that is poised to have a good rookie tournament. 100%. Okay, stop me if you disagree, but I'll say uh, the most important players to watch at this year's rookie tournament. Number one, Tyler Boucher. Yes, agree. Number two, Jake Sanderson. Specifically, are you 100% healthy? And how do you look playing the right side? Yeah, just with how, how much uh, he means to this franchise and we haven't seen him play hockey in quite some time. Yeah, I'll, I'll allow it. Number three, Victor Lodine. You're older than everybody. You have more pro experience than pretty much everyone in the tournament. Go out there and dominate. Yep, and he's adjusting to North American hockey, so this is just another taste of North American hockey. Yep. Number four, Angus Crookshank. Buddy, get back out there. How's the knee feeling? You looking good? How's the speed? How's the acceleration? Are you stopping and starting? Just like you did before. And I hate to mention this, but he's got to get over the the PTSD hump of last rookie tournament did not go well for him, unfortunately, to no fault of his own, but a serious injury. So let's see if he can shake off those jitters and play confidently. And number five, Ben Roger, for all the reasons that you just mentioned. Yep. I would say those are the top five guys you're looking at. All right, and in goal, goalie-friendly show, like, you kind of know what to expect. I think that anything below a 9-10, 9-15 save percentage for either of those guys would be a disappointment. Yeah, I would agree. All right, next time we talk, Senators will have played hockey. We're going to try to live-tweet the game tomorrow. It's on at 2.30 my time, 3.30 Eastern, and we believe... It will be streamed. I know that that is the real big question going on right now. The latest that I heard, ear to the ground, is that Streets? it's going to be streamed, but potentially with no audio. So, <laughs> damn. We, we will see. Maybe we'll have to jump in and do a little Manning cast, eh? the LOSP cast yeah. uh, of that. But no, we're extremely excited. So follow along on Twitter at Send Central. We'll be uh, live tweeting that as much as we can. You can also follow the show on Instagram. And please subscribe on YouTube. We've got an uh, extremely high bar set for the goals of this channel this year. And uh, we appreciate for everyone listening and commenting. It certainly goes a long way, not only in helping the algorithm, 
but also helping our motivation to bring you Sens content literally every day of every week. It's what we do here. Pilsy, any final thoughts before we go? Yeah, I just thought uh, this is a while back, but when you said uh, Locked On Centers podcast is is back, I was like, if you say we're back, it implies we left. I don't think we left at all this <laughs> offseason. There was multiple weeks in a row where we're only required to do three shows a week, and we did seven shows a week, your team every day. So we're, we're stoked that the offseason is kind of in the rearview mirror and that uh, the regular season and real sense hockey is approaching. So Because I feel like, sure, we do great in the offseason, but I want to talk about the games. I want to talk about the highlights. I want to talk about the stats. Give me some face-off stats to break down in the postcast. That's what I'm here for. So Ooh, the we're getting postcast. closer. Heck yeah. Stay locked on Senators wherever you get your podcasts. And please subscribe on YouTube. But for today, we say goodbye. We'll be back on Monday to recap the Senators' first two games of their rookie tournament. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.